0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt with Rolling Stone, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. We have with us today a very special guest, Jake Clemens of the E Street Band. What's up, man? How you hey, doing? Hey. I'm doing great. Yeah, happy to be on the show. Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you here. And uh you have a new solo album out.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's called Fear and Love, and it's uh it's my first full-length record, and I'm super excited about it.
0: Fear and Love. So basically, like everything (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's in
1: my in my in my mind anyway like it fear and love are like our most primitive emotions that we can experience and uh so there's an aspect of just um i don't know the vulnerability of life um but more specifically uh it's a it's not a biography in a sense of uh coming out of a hard relationship like having to recognize what a bad relationship is and and recovering from that and uh having some own you know your own personal recovery uh for who you are and and then finding a way to to embrace uh
0: what love is supposed to be you know yeah it's a very pretty sounding album uh that is about some painful stuff it's an interesting combination you're you're not yelling and screaming about it for the most part
1: (laughs) No, no. I, you know, I want to have a really honest approach and, and be really vulnerable with the record. Um, you know, so I was able to compile it into a, a side one and side two, and um, and really get into the, you know, I guess my most intimate and sincere feelings uh, on side one, um, and, and you know, hoping to express, if there was pain, then the the way that pain. Uh, felt, and in, in the challenge of reconciling it. Um, but straight into side two, uh, which is breaking free of that and um, starting a new journey um, uh, that was going to be open to uh, exploring the beauties of, of, of what love has offered for myself and for
0: uh, someone else. Now, uh, you know, this record is not an hour of you playing saxophone. <laughs> you, you you, sing and, and play guitar. Uh, how did, what came first? The sax, the singing, the playing? How did that work growing up? Like, what what, mm-hmm. what was your development?
1: Uh, I often say that music was my first thing, which, you know, we grew up with it in the home very, very heavily. So uh, it's just something that happened. Um, it wasn't until I saw the E Street Band play for the first time when I was eight years old that... Uh, That sax was even a thought, you know, and it was only a purely vain moment where uh, I heard the eruption of applause for my beloved uncle um, (laughs) that I said to myself, like, oh, my God, people really love the saxophone and decided that that's what I wanted to do. And uh, my dad was wise enough um, and dad enough to say you can play the saxophone after you play the piano. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> so that was my first instrument, and that's where I started. And uh, everything else was born from that. It was a great beginning because it's a it's a perfect perfect introduction to what music is.
0: So, so you, you you see the you see a saxophone on a stage in an arena. Which where was this show? Uh, North Carolina, in uh, North Carolina, uh, which yeah. is where you grew up. The right? Tunnel of Love tour. Um, no, we oh, lived there briefly. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and Tunnel of Love tour. So you but you see the you know the effect a saxophone can have in an East Street band show in an arena um you're eight years old that's right yeah, yeah. and then you work <laughs> and then you go back to the basics of music work from piano mm-hmm. and work for years and then end up on stage with the east street band playing the saxophone that's i mean that's got to be one of the craziest stories in all of music <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: it's it's a yeah it's a strange story you know and it's one that i never anticipated or desired necessarily yeah. you know um i was very very happy and content um you know like just dis- making my own discoveries and you know piano like i said was a great foundation um to understand the fundamentals of music it led me into saxophone i was eventually allowed to play but having a one a instrument um you know at my fingertips and, and a piano led into other things like guitar and drums and whatever else so uh you know this language that i grew up speaking as a young child i was enabled to be more articulate with which different instruments um going into songwriting was like a great tool you know yeah uh so where did you grow up mostly my dad was in the marine corps so i was Uh. born in beaufort south carolina uh which is where paris island is which is the marine corps boot camp on the east coast and uh we after a short stint there uh moved to hawaii and we were there for two tours if you will uh and then uh north carolina then virginia then california then back to virginia then utah et cetera et cetera
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow how how did that affect you moving around like that uh it was great
1: uh you know in terms of like helping me to make friends quickly and um live in the moment and appreciate you know what I have in the moment and then to be able to move away from the moment you know uh that i guess became uh a simple thing as well- as well you know it's when you're living in one place for a short time uh you make friends and, and it's great, but then it's time to go. So it, it was a great setup for tour life, I should say.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, you you, you ended up re- recreating that existence. Um, but was your father musical at all?
1: My dad was a band director for the Marine Corps Band. Oh, okay. Um, and very celebrated for that as well. Uh, you know, it's funny because like uh, Clarence Clemens Day is something that uh, was initiated a few years ago uh, on his birthday. Right. So it's uh, Clarence Clemens Day is January eleventh. Um it never hit me quite so hard until uh the last couple of years that, to realize that in Hawaii there's a day named after my father wow uh you know, that was thirty years ago um because of what he had you know given to the community as a band director um uh, really significant, but that's crazy, you know, like as a living person to have that yeah, yeah yeah, yeah
0: but basically there's a lot of musical talent in in, your, in just in your family like it's it's pretty widespread i guess yeah, it, when
1: they can finally pinpoint that in the genes um, yeah i would imagine that it's uh, it's pretty thick in the blood there
0: when did you when and how did you become aware of assuming before that show of 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 your uncle's kind of fame and talent and place in the the musical world uh that took
1: a long time to be honest with you you know um and Clarence was, uh, you know, he's my uncle, and and that's just what I knew, right. So, um, and uh, and the rest of the band, you know, like the, they were his family too, you know. So then they they were my family. So um, it seemed normal to hear people that you knew on the radio. I figured that you know, as a kid, you don't really question those things. It's just what you know, right. Um, so it took a long time for that to kind of sink in. I guess you know, like you know someone's dad is special because they're a cop yeah yeah you know like when you're 10 years old it's like oh man their dad is a police officer or a, or a firefighter you know um yeah it, it was the same kind of sense for me I, it, it took a long time for me to really understand the depths and significance of what it meant not just for um a community of music lovers but like for culture as a whole
0: so what were you up to for most of like your 20s <laughs>
1: Oh man, all kinds of things. Uh jeez, I you know I, I I toured for a bit, I did television for a bit, I did uh uh like advertising for a bit. Uh, and, uh, like, even like, like music for advertising or like you worked no, in advertising. Like I yeah. worked in advertising. I, <laughs> I was, I was a creative, uh, uh, director of, uh, of new business for, uh, for, for an advertising firm. Huh. And, uh, and then I got like my, uh, insurance license and, and did, uh, estate planning for a bit. And, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I I've had a really strange uh i don't know I'm, I'm a very curious person yeah um and uh and want see you know i often want to see what i'm capable of if you will um and uh i don't know there's a lot of things around that i was music's what, what's always been natural to me i love being on tour but it's also a thing that scared me because i, I watched uh beyond the glorious things that it gave clarence i watched uh, and so you know I was able to see some of the not so glorious things as well you know um the series of heartbreaks and um and struggle with uh you know relationships you know and, and like what it, what it can do to a, a an a an immediate family you know a, a, a nucleus and um that intimidated me it, it, Yeah, I, I had to reconcile that and that's actually a, a big part of reconciling the that fears is is, uh, is is a is a big part of what's on this record even
0: so that just the thing of you know you try to be a family man but you your job involves you know possibly going to australia for a month and then 6 mm. months every that kind of thing basically that and the pull of the the, the a very different lifestyle
1: yeah you know like I, I nobody wants to have failures behind them you know um so you know i i, I was afraid of that you know like, like life is what it is you know and i guess that that's what i had to finally just embrace and just say that like um i'm going to be okay with like recognizing uh what is my like rightfully my fear and 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 then reconciling that but also recognizing what is not rightfully my fear you know like like the the things that uh that affected my uncle's life don't necessarily need to affect my life in the same way you know right. like those aren't mine you know uh we can celebrate the wins and, and recognize the losses but um uh you know, at the the end of the day, like anything else, like you've got to stand on your own two feet and recognize that like, you're not, you might be standing in someone else's footprints, but you're not standing in anyone else's shoes.
0: Right. Um, so you're listening to Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm here with Jake Clemens and we'll be right back with more. So we were talking about Clarence and, you know, you mentioned he, he had some pitfalls in his lifestyle and he was, I mean, he, he, you know, I mean, <laughs> pretty famously, like was a hard partier. He lived a big life. He had a lot of different women coming in in his life. And that, that's, I guess what, you, what you're talking about. Well, you know, yeah. I, 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 I don't
1: want to dare, like dare be, be critical of, of him of in, course his, in his own essence. Yeah. Um, I just knew that it's not something that I wanted for myself, you know, and, uh, all that being said, he, he was a man with an enormous amount of love, like an ability to love and this incredible nature to, um, help other people understand that they were indeed understood, you know, like his music even conveyed that. And, uh, it was an enormous gift. And, um, uh, there's, there's a quote that, uh, my girlfriend's father actually, uh, introduced me to that says like, um, uh, your greatest strengths are, um, It's like the adverse of your differences, uh, sorry, uh, of your uh, faults. Right. Uh, You know, so like you can't have it all, you know, like you're going to, it's great. If you're, if you're the greatest, then you're also going to be the worst, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's all, people, people don't necessarily have like close relationships with their, with their uncle. You know, it's like some people, you know, they're, they're there, you see them when you see them. In your case, like how, how close Were you? What was your relationship like? How did it develop? Like yeah,
1: yeah. well you know like my dad was in the Marine Corps and uh, you know very strict Southern Baptist background, Um, and uh, I don't know. I think because of the nature of who I am as an individual, um, we we had a lot of differences. You know, Um, I was not like I, I was not one that could ever. Being a marching man, you know, that's just not something that, uh, it would just grind against like, who I am as a person. Right. Um, that being said, you know, like Clarence and I, I, again, like, I felt like he understood me, you know, uh-huh. um, and I did not feel that from my dad. Uh, you know, so, uh, it was a really significant relationship in that way. You know, like it, Clarence was invaluable to my existence, um, and knowing that there was a man who understood me and uh and cared about me and uh would also help to guide my experience uh very passively you know how so um well by asking questions and listening yeah
0: yeah (laughs) uh and did he how aware was he of your of your music making and 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 uh and 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 also like this the sax specifically when did you get serious about the sax
1: i was serious from the sax okay like, like from the, the go. Like but you were doing like, piano first before i was able be... to play saxophone i was serious about the sax gotcha. okay um but uh yes you know so he, he was a uh, you know a big asset in that in that realm as well he, he gifted me my first saxophone and uh and i had a great beginning uh of my professional career at a young age because of that um being able to uh you know spend a lot of time practicing because i had one at home and um as a songwriter i was very shy uh and like nervous as a songwriter so it took me a long time to let anyone uh especially whose opinion i appreciated uh you know like be exposed to my songwriting um i think it was probably i don't know 2005 maybe the first time i let him hear a song that i'd you know had written and then the next time would have been like 2007, probably. You know, it, it wasn't something that I uh, uh, put out there a lot. But his response to it all was inc- incredibly encouraging. Um, he was a, he was really kind in, in, in offering, in his own interviews, you know, people are talking to him about being Clarence Clemens and, and his response, uh, I was in the room with him and he says, uh, you know, you should actually be talking to my nephew. He's a great songwriter and uh, he's putting together some great things. So humbling to hear
0: my uncle say that. So, were you out on the road with him sometimes as a kid? Uh, in, in my twenties, a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was on the road with him a lot. So just and like, what would you like do all day? Like, what was your what would what was your kind of role? Just hanging uh, out.
1: Yeah, you know, like he would ask me to come on tour. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, like he he
1: maybe like wasn't feeling great, or um, we just appreciated each other's company, and uh, I don't know, like, I loved still i mean like you know, the love that i've had for for him has is, is been tremendous so like to the point where like i don't know i just wanted to help and yeah and be there and and whatever he needed you know like i was happy to uh I don't know, to be some sense of moral support and uh you know we had like a a brotherhood beyond like a, a father-son relationship yeah um we understood each other and it was you know it was a great gift.
0: The songs you were first writing is uh, were they in roughly the style you are writing in now, or how and and, and, who, and what kind of who were your influences as a songwriter? Um,
1: because of my upbringing with music, growing up in a really strict household where I wasn't allowed to listen to rock and roll
0: at an early age. Oh, it was that strict? It was yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. Of, oh, okay, no, no okay, I was like, yeah, we yeah. There. okay,
1: yeah. No, that was the devil's music. Uh, we were allowed to listen to. Uh, uh, gospel and marching band music. Um, and, uh, John Philip Sousa, you know, like, uh, uh yeah. and, and, uh, uh, classical music. You know, that's what, that's what we had in the house. Um, so, uh, when I started listening to rock and roll, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a natural thing. I had to kind of acquire a taste for rock music and, and then, uh, that spilled into a lot of other different genres. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I've listened if you look at my you know my playlist they're uh they cover the gambit you know um and i i i would hope that they all influence my songwriting in some way i don't tend to write in one genre um i release music as it as it fits uh you know an uh, appropriate theme or whatever but my writing can go from i don't know house music to uh bluegrass you know
0: yeah uh, there's some kind of there's at least one strongly country flavored song on the on the record yeah uh, what was that one conto sick broke and broken yeah i really dug that one it yeah. stood out yeah the, the, so, so is that i mean do you listen to a lot of like hardcore country or is it just more kind of osmosis i'd say it's osmosis i yeah. mean I, yeah
1: i i'm constantly listening to to different things um yeah that that track actually uh i considered putting a gospel choir on it you know, huh. there, there's a sense. Uh, of my roots in that uh, in that southern gospel, yeah, that uh, that was almost portrayed through that song. Uh, I decided not to, just to serve the record as best as I could. But.
0: So, event, I mean, the tour that I know you were on before you were like actually in the band was was I think you were you were around for the Working on a Dream tour. That's right, in two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, and so. Was that the first was that the first time you'd been out with him or or you'd been around before I've been around before okay and I mean there was I think at the time like Clarence I think was was definitely like struggling like a little bit like was was physically uncomfortable sometimes on stage and I think fans kind of thought that maybe you were there as an understudy was there any truth to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Clarence called me uh before the magic tour and told me he wasn't feeling well and wanted me to be around because of that. Now, that being said, I I basically wouldn't receive that notion of it. You know, right. it was like you're being ridiculous. Uh of course you're going to be here forever. Um, I'm happy to be here as moral support and you know, I'm happy to be here as you need me, but like you know, the, the 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 idea that uh, I might have to fill in was like not in my reference at all like it was not in my mental capacity
0: right <laughs> I mean it it sounded like almost like he was maybe he was just afraid of having a really bad day and what would he do and he did, wouldn't want the show to have to be canceled and like hey I got <laughs> like yeah. I could bring my it was, was that do you think that that was that just it was sort of a like a security yeah, that kind of thing? yeah, I
1: yeah. I I don't know. I I know that he uh, was in a tremendous amount of pain for a long time and discomfort and um you know, uh, he had a legitimate concern that uh you know, despite his vulnerability with me about it, I did not uh I didn't receive it as legitimate at the time. I I knew he was I knew he was hurting, but I didn't understand that like there's a possibility that we might lose him.
0: Watching you know, uh, Watching shows on that tour, like, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, he, I think he was, he was sitting, he was sitting down for parts of the show. I mean, you could see, and you could feel it. I think that, I think fans were like rooting for him that, that it was just, you know, it was tough. Everything was an effort. Um, what, what was it like any, you know, and then it ended up being heroic every time that he came through, you know, yeah. uh, it was tough. And I can't, what was it like for you to, to kind of witness that?
1: It was hard, man. You know, yeah. uh, even then it was it was hard because I knew what he was putting himself through. Um, yeah, I, it was it was it was hard to watch. You know, like it's what he lived for, but it cost him. You know, like it it cost him a lot of pain. It cost him uh, a lot of joy and a lot of pain. You know.
0: But he obviously had an ethos of just like, I will put myself together and get myself on the stage. Without question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had seen him disassembled and then reassembled uh, on many occasions, you know? Uh, <laughs>
0: like Darth Vader? like al- yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean like
1: yeah. uh, he, he had three hip replacements. Yeah. You know, like you have two hips. Right. He had to have one of his hip replacements replaced. Right. You know, Shit, uh, yeah. two knee replacements, uh, a pacemaker, um, his back fused you know like the, it, there was this I used to jokingly call him the six billion dollar man you know considering inflation uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, it was still infinite you know like you would always just put the pieces back together again you know um, I, I mean I can remember like being by his bedside in the hospital and people would come in and think that he was like, like is he going to come out of the hospital knowing that uh, come on! This is this is we've done this before. You know? Right, he bounces back. That's right. what he does. He wants he wants to be on that stage more than anything, and he'll do anything to get, to to make sure he's there.
0: So, on some level, I guess you sort of felt like maybe he was invincible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he did. You go so far as to learn some <laughs> some songs that on at that point in case you in, in in case he really did make you step in. No, no. So you no, weren't. No. Uh, did you, I, was that I a,
1: sincerely did not believe that it would be a possibility for him not, to not be there.
0: And is that even something he discussed with, <laughs> was that like sort of his own private idea that he never, do you think he discussed that with, with Bruce at the time? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's from, yeah, it doesn't seem I like it, right? know, I yeah. didn't I, you know, I wouldn't, I wasn't, I wasn't one to like,
1: you know, ask him, Yeah. You know? yeah. but because uh, again, like to me, it wasn't even like a logical uh, thought, you know? Right. Um... Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a memoir that has been released recently that, yeah. uh, you know, uh, where you can clearly understand that it was not something that it was discussed before that.
0: Yeah. There did seem to be a disconnect there. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, that, you can understand how in his mind, he's like, I'm I'm going to work this. He, it was his, it was his thing. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. But that's, you know, yeah, Clarence yeah.
1: Uh, was, was Clarence Clement. You know, like yeah. that the world that existed around him was beautiful and amazing and, uh, uh, simple in the most complex ways. Yeah. And it was a reality that, uh, you would not find anywhere else. You know, it is an alternate universe almost.
0: Yeah. He kind of bent the world to his will. It seems like that seems
1: like a really strong way to put it, yeah. but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean like he, he, he existed in his own realm. Um,
0: <laughs> and who did, did you get to know the band at that point or were you kind of just in Clarence's world? I was in Clarence world, you yeah, know? I
1: mean, like uh I was very familiar with the band I grew up calling them you know Uncle Steve and Uncle Bruce, and you know um I was actually in grade school with Gary's niece, huh,, uh, which is super bizarre, but uh, yeah, you know, so I, it was still family, but you know, how well do you know your second cousins, you know right, it's, right. Uh, one of those
0: things. I wanted to uh, jump back to the album for a second tell uh, you know we have the great advantage of uh, here on the <laughs> here in this audio medium of, of hearing music I would, to, what's what is your and it's always a tough one but what what is your favorite song on the record mm-hmm. when like we can play a little bit of it oh man uh,
1: Come on, that's an impossible question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sophie's so- choice what, here, man. What, what, <laughs>
0: what song at this moment would you like to play for a little bit of? For uh, well, it, 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 it could be the one you hate the most at the moment. But, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, why not play the title track? You know, that's, uh, that's one that sums up uh, the crux. By the way, what's your name? I can see from your eyes that you're full of regret. we should have said our goodbyes the first day that we met
0: <laughs> we should We should have said our goodbyes the first day we we met is uh it's kind of rough that's, that, that's
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I wanted to be as honest and vulnerable with uh with this record as I could, and um you know for me it's just a matter of like having to recognize the faults of. Uh, your capacity in the moment you know the faults of your capacity to love yourself and
0: and to love people around you and uh, it's just a very honest element the uh, who do you want to sing like like who are your your heroes as a as a vocalist
1: Hmm. you know I uh, asked myself that question for a long time um, and uh, I kind of stopped asking myself that altogether because at the end of the day, like the greatest vocalists are the ones that you uh, hear and recognize immediately, you know, right. Um, trying to find your voice for me was not like a, a natural instinctive thing. I was afraid to sing for a long time. Um and it wasn't until I was like 30 that I was as adventurous enough to like sing in front of people. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it,
0: I think you're a, ver- a very unaffected and direct vocalist actually, which I think is, is, and it, it's. For a, you know, obviously you're, you know, you're super old, but, <laughs> but, but no, but I was gonna say, but for a, fir- but for a first album, there's a certain like assuredness and, uh, may- may- maybe the fact that you're not 19 helps, but it, yeah. uh, you know, the, there is a certain assuredness and comfort and like, sort of, like I said, lack of not, cause the, there's a, there's a tendency for people on, on, in their early work to try too hard, mm. you know, especially vocally and, and you have, you don't have that. It's interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, like I said that this is this is my best attempt to just be me and and to be vulnerable and uh I definitely absolutely know what you're saying in, in terms of people like trying and and you know you can recognize their uh the people that they love to hear singing and, and and the influence of that. Um I, yeah, at this point in my life I was fortunate enough to be beyond that and, and and just try to try to be honest.
0: So were you were you like on tour when you were writing these songs?
1: Yeah, I mean, I write all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm gonna walk away from today and and probably write something. You
0: know, <laughs> what is <laughs> the, what is the tip? If you were on the road, when when would you where when and where would you be writing?
1: It's spontaneous. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like in a
0: hotel room with a dude, yeah, like like, uh, yeah. I set up a little or like a little studio in the hotel.
1: Yeah. W- w- you know, as I travel. But I also, I mean, there's been songs that I've written as I'm walking down the street and you know just put my bow into my face and and sing into it Um, right
0: very common yes yeah yeah
1: yeah. it's It's a a cool experience because like from that you have to go back and learn the song right (laughs) learn how to
0: play that (laughs) the playing you know being immersed in the 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 springsteen world how does that it must both inevitably influence your songwriting and also kind of Pose something that you don't want to try to live up to or think about too much because you're talking about like one of the great songwriters of you know, of the century, yeah. Two centuries maybe. Uh and 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 you know, you're doing your thing, you don't want to kind of being like I have to live up to, you know, Jungle Land in my <laughs> first record. So how how do you kind of balance all that in your head?
1: Uh well, I guess in that uh context, I thank God for uh you know, the fact that greetings from Asbury Park. Uh, did not receive critical acclaim off sure. the bat, and uh, the wild and innocent. You know, like it took yeah, a while yeah. for those to uh, be embraced by the greater masses, and uh, uh, that takes a lot of pressure off of young songwriters. I think you know. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, like there's certainly uh, a sense of um, I don't know the osmosis, you know, uh, that that happens um, uh, where you're learning and, and and growing as an artist. You know, having just toured the river record uh you know playing the the, the record every night in its entirety i, I think has uh really helped me to understand an even different level of of what uh a story is and 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 becomes i had finished my record before that tour started um but it helped me to listen to my record differently and uh and i think it'll probably affect the way that i approach the next record
0: yeah makes sense um did did, have you played this record for bruce uh
1: no i um i very shyly uh (laughs) handed it or maybe like even like left it on the table um (laughs) (laughs) you know because it's like slipped it under the door i wanted to have it but like (laughs) at the same time i don't i don't i'm happy to hear if he loves it but i i don't i don't i don't need to hear that necessarily either you know
0: read and make it for him exactly yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and and and, and, and I think living under the fear of whether or not people are going to embrace it, um, is going to affect your ability to create. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, Maybe he'll listen to it. Maybe he won't. <laughs> but it But is what it is, you know. How long
0: has he had it now? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: That's a good point, check, actually. He uh, has not. He has not. He has not told me that he loves it. <laughs> check, check,
0: check your phone. Maybe the email's in there. But, uh But, <laughs> um, but I think. I mean, it, it 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 doesn't feel like a debut. It feels like you're a little deeper in. And again, I think it's because you're an experienced musician. Maybe you uh-huh. know. Well, you know,
1: i I released an EP uh, a few years ago um, that was intended to be a full length. Uh, and that was an experience in itself. You know, this is a very different sound and experience from that. Um, but, you know, like I think just the process of being around other songwriters and, and, and being a musician uh, that's facilitating a certain role and being able to observe, uh, I would hope has like, greatly affected and influenced um, what I was able to bring to the table with this record
0: i want to uh, to pick up the narrative we were on the the last show of work on dream tour was in buffalo um and i I happened to be there i actually uh, i i I think I interviewed uh Bruce there that night for our like our end of decade uh issue uh and it was a great show um it was also like i guess there was one other show but it was the last kind of tour show with Clarence. so i mean did Did you feel anything that night? Did you did any memories? Were were you any sense that any foreboding? Anything or or just yeah? No,
1: just another show. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're if you're uh an E Street fan, then the question of um like will this be the last tour? Has probably been there since nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> since that 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 Blood Brothers reunion tour happened. You know, like will this happen again? It's probably been a question for a long time. So that sense has probably always been looming. But uh, it's so
0: it's so funny. I, I can't do the mental leap to think of you as a. a but yes, you were that too. You were a fan <laughs> among many other things. You sure, were, you know, a, a friend and relative to the band, but but also a, <laughs> a fan. Yeah. So that 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 again makes this your this whole narrative. All the more crazy, I guess. Uh, that so so then I mean you know to, to leap ahead and ha- how how many people have asked you <laughs> about about the, the account in, in Bruce's memoir so far? Everyone, everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, should you, should you get, yeah, so, so, so do you want to? The moment you, I read that, I knew yeah, I was never getting away you're from. Never, it's gonna, it's gonna live forever. Uh, did he warn you in advance of, about the? Uh, <laughs> I got a note um,
1: the day he sent me the book. Saying, "Hey, there's a funny story in there. I think you'll enjoy it." <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if he intended it to be received the way that it has been. Um, just given the context of the conversation that we had, you know, uh, I think that. Uh, uh,
0: well, I think people are probably ta- if 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 people are, are, are people, I don't think people should take it too seriously. I mean, as far as like some people take it seriously, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, nonetheless, you know, it's a it 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 is a. It was an in, an intense moment and an uh, an intense day, and beyond like what's written. I'm saying like like the realities that that, that were around it. You know, um, yeah. everything leading up to that moment, you know, it it was a a hot plate, if you will. You know, it was, was lots of uh, of things that were swirling around, and that day for me uh, is epic. I mean, like I'm biblical proportions. You know, it was one of those days that literally everything goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, and how do you recover <laughs> from that, you know? Like that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That you know th- the portrait of an underdog story that Bruce wrote in that chapter, uh, is uh I, I lived it in a very real way.
0: <laughs> the, uh I mean if I had to psychoanalyze it, but maybe that that maybe you had some conflict in you about Wanting to do this and maybe if if you didn't like super prepare maybe that was why because you weren't sure if you wanted to take on the burden and and allow this to because it's it's a life changing thing it is to a certain extent stepping into those shoes it's a lot a lot going on there and I could see why maybe you would be conflicted.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, or maybe you just fucked up, I don't know. Well, no, it's mean, that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. a keen <laughs> observation, yeah. but you also yeah. have to remember that, that, that you're reading it from the context of, of, of what Bruce saw, right? right. So So um, on the other side of it, it is a a moment where it was like uh, the two weeks, uh, like, you know, during like two to three weeks like around Christmas break, right, between like, I don't know, the middle of December to uh, New Year's, and uh, having not learned anything related to E street with the intention of like distancing myself as a professional musician, right. Um, to then being asked to, uh, to delve into learning the fine details of the, of, of the notes and the intention and, and carrying the, the weight of, uh, reconciling, reconciling the, the, the loss that I felt, you know, um, with Clarence and absolutely questioning whether or not it was even appropriate and how Clarence would feel about it, despite what he'd asked me to do in the past. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot, and uh, you know, contrary to what what you read, uh, not that that observation was not accurate yeah, yeah. on on Bruce's behalf, but I was uh, I spent hours um, preparing for that day, right. uh, and uh, and there was a lot of work that, that went into it. But on a day like that day, yeah, when like. Uh, there's essentially like a, a, a lunar eclipse uh, of my, of my, of my being, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, like the light was blocked out completely where, I, you know, like I, I, I don't know. The phone goes dead. It, you know, your directions get confused. Right. Uh, there's already anxiety. Well, uh, well I will
0: say uh, having one, having in, been it, done interviews at Bruce's house. The GPS. I don't know if it's The GPS has trouble finding his his house. I don't know if you had that, but I, I, I didn't have GPS. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, right. you know, my yeah. phone
1: died, <laughs> so I was you know in right. in, in, in an unfortunate place yeah. at the moment. But uh, you know, eventually I got there and yeah. uh, and. <laughs> what transpired, transpired, but there's so many ironic things around it um, that that I think were appropriate for what I was being uh, asked to do. Ultimately, you know, it it set the stage uh, in a way that I think is really appropriate. You know that that what we were embarking on was going to require like a complete dismantling of uh, my relationship to the band and the music, and you know. Uh, what I was at being asked to do leading up to that point, you know.
0: So had in your playing before that, because now I mean, every as everyone, I'm you're probably sick of saying, but you, you're. W- while when you improvise, you know, you have your own style, and I can hear it's you, and it's obviously. But when you do play his parts, uh, you sound like him. You know, I mean, you know, you sound like him. So, mm-hmm. did you? H- had you, ne- did you recognize a similarity in styles before this yeah. or, or did you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Th-
1: there was yeah. no getting away from that and yeah. it wasn't intentional. I mean, even yeah. in my early career when I like changed my professional name yeah. to distance myself from the legacy that w- could have potentially, uh, been the end of my, um, professional career. Yeah. Um, uh, even then <laughs> people would come to me and say, wow, man, you really like, you sound like Clarence Clemens." Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't offensive at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, I was happy to hear that. I mean, it was. It always felt ironic, you know, because they had no idea of the connection there.
0: I think your note choices when you improvise are clearly come from a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the it's the actual sound. Mm-hmm. It's the sound of the notes, and that seems how is that, <laughs> how is that how can that be? Because I've heard. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm for example, I'm, I've heard you know you, I've heard good cover bands. You know, good sax players, great mm-hmm. saxophone play, you know, the the solo from Jungle Land, or you, you know, and they sound fine, they know, but they don't have that fat body, that particular sound. So, what, how does that, <laughs> how well, is that? Well, you possible?
1: know, uh, the theme that Clarence w- gave me early on um, was a direction in terms of like letting your soul speak, you know, um, like letting it come from your, like the depths of who you are and uh in that sense like you're not you're not your approach isn't to make a specific sound it's just coming out of you so that is what it is so I don't there's know.
0: something ineffable about it there's something that it, it, you, you can't basically you can't really explain it then it, it's just
1: yeah i mean like yeah. it, you, you cut your good open and see what comes out you know that's that's what you got
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, one, one of the Marsalis brothers wrote that great essay about Clarence and, and about mm-hmm. how it's, it's about the power of musical intention and mm-hmm. how, uh, how, it's, how it's, you know, because I, I think a lot of like jazz guys kind of like might have looked down on him and not really understood the power of what he did. Yeah. And it, but it's a whole different thing. As, as, as Marsalis wrote, it's just like, it, like it's about force and, and intention and, and it's like, and like your lips will hurt by the, time, by the end of the evening like if you yeah. try to do it. It's,
1: it's about feeling more than it is about hearing.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, and it's. Te- I mean, I assume you can play if if you know you, you you could play a bunch of like jazz notes and stuff if if you wanted to. But the, but you're 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 sticking in the vein of Clarence and the East Street Band to 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 the largest extent possible when you're up there.
1: Well, for me, I spend a lot of time researching like. Uh, th- th- the intention behind the notes like when i say researching i mean like like listening to every single inflection that clarence was putting in there so that i could understand what he wanted to say um because i didn't want that to be lost i wanted to be able to convey the i was hoping to be able to convey this uh, uh the same message you know um and, and define that voice so uh yeah i mean that, that, i hope that's what's in there
0: so you recorded the, the the album in like a whole bunch of studios. Why <laughs> why why is that? Uh I think it's one of the great things that we have,
1: uh, you know, the realities of today that you can uh that it that's that becomes easy to do.
0: In cities all over, I should mention. Yeah. Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, there's an aspect of like uh, when you're recording a record, you're pulling in from that area as well. You know, there's there's a there's a fingerprint of uh uh, the geolocation that you're in, and 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 the the community that you're you're around as well. So I think it's a great aspect of it to uh to be able to I don't know let the album be diverse in that sense. But the majority of it was recorded in a town called Belleville, Ontario, in Canada. Why um, there? Uh, well, for one, I love the idea of like going somewhere to record. Um, and uh, there's a theater there. It's called the Empire Theater, and uh, we tracked it on stage there um it it was purely for recording purposes it was not a a live experience but um it's got a great great sound in the room and the stage uh you know as it just has a great sound to it so uh it turned out to be the perfect place to 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 track the majority of the record
0: that's uh it's interesting because you're probably you're also probably most comfortable on a stage i bet that probably yeah but it wasn't
1: really set up to be um it, we weren't set up on stage as though we were performing a gotcha. show, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, there's uh, a dark room, a large dark <laughs> room, you know, it's not something that's typically uh, you're going to find for, for recording purposes, but uh, yeah, it, w- it was very appropriate.
0: I want to take you back to somewhere, somewhere around is like a, a you know, the apollo theater show there's like a poster in the lobby here uh, that we see every time we're up here uh and that was your first show with the east street band and there was that moment i think it was badlands when you when you stepped uh and again i was there i guess i've been just following around um and and uh, i remember the moment and it was a very powerful thing when we we're in badlands and bruce writes about in his book as well that that uh, you know, the moment came for the and You you step up to the microphone and you played it. I mean, what what was going through your head <laughs> at that moment? Yeah,
1: I was very much in the moment. Yeah, um, yeah trying my best not to be caught up in uh, you know em- emotionally, which was virtually impossible, I guess, to be honest. But um, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to. I, I wanted to represent uh Clarence as best as I could, and 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 I was just very aware of that. So. I was fortunate enough to run into a, a, a small disaster in the moment where uh, it's the first time people were going to be hearing uh, my saxophone independently in this enormously important solo, and uh, I went and gave myself a little test uh, on the horn to just to make sure that it was working, and it and it didn't, did not work. Uh, it was not working, so I had to do an emergency switch, um, literally like seconds leading up to that saxophone solo. And, uh, if there's a YouTube video somewhere, you could probably see the, uh, the intense panic on my face, but, uh, which also allowed me to completely like, uh, disconnect from, uh, any kind of, uh, overwhelming emotional sense. Right. You know, leading up to that first note, you know, it was, uh, it was just like, we need to get this thing done,
0: you know? So what's it like in general being, you know, the, the young guy in the E Street band, how, how does that, how does that kind of affect you? everything just f- from you know being the, the designated guy to run around with bruce to just uh, socially and how how's that all kind of
1: well it's not necessarily designated i, I love doing that you know yeah. like it's uh <laughs> i'm interacting with the audience is what i live for you know in that setting um so uh if that wasn't the case i don't i don't think that i would be asked to do that but uh i don't know just in general as uh like i said i've known these guys my whole life and uh I don't know. I'm kind of an old soul in some ways, you know. And uh <laughs> I I often joke like that the only backstage setting that's like more uh laid back and like, you know, like less rock rock starish than the East Streets is is mine. <laughs> 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 the, the only backstage environment you're going to go to that's like uh more shocking in how in its conservatism is is, is my backstage.
0: <laughs> well, I, I always say that that you know the they call it backstage for a reason Everything good happens on stage Backsta- Backstage for the most part is super boring actually But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not these the days, 80s anymore these things that. that but, uh. yeah. So this is Rolling Stone Music Now We've been talking with Jake Clemens about life on E Street And about his great new solo album Fear and Love And that's our show for today Be sure to download our podcast at rollingstone.com Or wherever you get your podcasts And come listen to us next week on volume at 1pm on Friday See you next week.